Hey everybody, welcome to episode 47 of Two Views Movies Podcast. What's up everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And this episode is about the newest live-action Disney movie, Christopher Robin. Winnie the Pooh. Yep, which if you listen to our preview episode for August, I, I don't think either of us really had a lot of hope for it. Not high expectations. No, I, I, felt, like, I felt like it was in a dead zone. Like, we were both like, yeah, I mean, it's a Disney movie. Uh, it might not be terrible. It might not be great. But I, I, think, we, I think we pegged this one pretty accurately yeah. from the get-go. I think so, too. And neither one of us, I mean, we both grew up with Winnie the Pooh, but neither one of us were diehard Winnie the Pooh fans. No, I mean, I think everybody kind of watches it as a kid because it's, it's a safe cartoon to watch. But I never, I guess I never envisioned a, a world beyond Winnie the Pooh that needed to be told. <laughs> yeah, and it's more I never put myself in the world of Winnie the Pooh when I was growing up, you know, so it just wasn't that kind of thing for me. And I'm sure some people have a, a stronger attachment to Winnie the Pooh and and all, and all the characters than I did. And so right. maybe this would hit them differently. And that's the funny thing though too is that if you asked anybody who their favorite character is or was from Winnie the Pooh, Nobody ever says Christopher Robin. He, he's the last person on anybody's list, yet that's who they're building this entire movie around is Christopher Robin. It's true. It, it, well, I mean, it's named after him, and he kind of moves the story along. Yeah. But, uh, but I think people don't go for, for Christopher Robin. No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. They don't. That, but that's why it's funny, and I know why they have to do that, because it, it's the only human in the movie. But it was funny that, you know, Nobody ever picks Christopher Robin. No. <laughs> but let's build no. the movie around him. But I get it. The blurb for Christopher Robin is that working class family man Christopher Robin encounters his childhood friend Winnie the Pooh, who helps him to rediscover the joys of life. It's directed by Mark Forrester, who has a really kind of wide ranging background, but kind of a lot of okay movies, nothing really great. World War Z, Quantum of Solace, Stranger Than Fiction, Finding Neverland. So basically, the guy has. A lot of average movies, which plays out, I think, pretty well for what we got with Christopher Robin. Cast-wise, we have Ewan McGregor, who I like. <laughs> now I'm beginning to question that after this movie. Um, we have Haley Atwell, who is Agent Carter. And then I think the kid's name that played Madeline, the daughter, is... I'm going to go with Bronte Carmichael. But I felt we should at least mention that name, because she's... Really, those are the three humans you get for the most of the movie. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, I think, I think I got what I expected. See, I don't know if I got what I expected. I expected to either be adult or kitty, and I felt like it wasn't either. Like I felt felt like it was too boring to be a kids' movie. Like no kids gonna enjoy this. But the themes and the acting and everything was far too kitty and cheesy to be an adult movie yeah which uh, the reason why i say i got what i expected was i said that i think verbatim in our preview episode i was like i don't know who this is for it doesn't seem kiddish but yet it seems 
to skew more towards adults but not be adult enough for the adults. So I didn't know where this was going to land, and I feel like that's exactly what happened. Yeah, unless you're a huge Winnie the Pooh fan, and then you can overlook some of the the cheesiness of it just to go to see Pooh, then I think that's the only target target market this is for. Yeah, I think I think that they made a movie a live action Winnie the Pooh movie. And they're relying on the fact that people go see live action Disney movies. People know who Winnie the Pooh is and they're gonna go see it regardless of you know how good it looked or didn't look in the trailer. Well get <laughs> and as you were talking, the first scene that, that hit me was them uh, around the table. Christopher Robin's a kid. You know, all the animals are are there. And it dawned on me that rabbit and owl aren't stuffed animals. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was cycling back through my the cartoons in my head. And I was like, I guess they aren't. Right. But why aren't they? And I, I didn't read the book. If there's uh, the book that goes with it that may explain why rabbit and owl are the only <laughs> ones that don't. Because it's not like... The other ones aren't real animals. Right. Like, why, why wouldn't Piglet be a, a real pig? Like, I don't, I didn't get that. And, that. and I found that very distracting, but I was like, well, okay, they, I never really thought about them being, I mean, they've always been cartoons to me. But, yeah. But they were real. They animals. were never stuffed animals. Yeah. They were never stuffed animals. I, I don't, know. I don't have an explanation for that. And the movie doesn't give you one. Which no. Which, why, why would it? Yeah. Right. You're supposed to know that. Yeah. Going into it. I, I think the thing I liked about at least the beginning was they just glossed over all the backstory with opening credits. So they right. didn't necessarily feel the need to rehash who's Winnie the Pooh, who's Christopher Robin. They just assumed that you, you are familiar with. The original cartoon. Which is the right way to go with this. Yeah. But then <laughs> the thing I kind of like, it it wasn't like it was graphic or anything, but they show Christopher Robin starting to grow up, you know, and it shows him going off to war and like, let's do a quick <laughs> battle scene. I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's a little heavy for what I thought this movie was. But I mean, okay, I get the point, you know, Christopher Robin really, really grew up, not just, you know, kind of grew up. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there. It says World War II that he's going through, and I'm like Haley Atwell and another World yeah. War II you know, <laughs> right. themed. And then I was like, Are we going to see Winnie the Pooh? You know, crossing <laughs> crossing the battlefield. That would have been great. <laughs> and Tigger bouncing around. Yeah, like landmines. He carries Pooh around in his <laughs> you know satchel during World War II. <laughs> yeah. So you actually pegged the the story of this, which I don't know whether it was because I just didn't pay attention to the trailer or what, but I remember making a comment that I didn't really even understand what the premise of the movie was, but you called it. It's when people grow up, they forget how to be a kid and enjoy life. And that's, that's exactly what this was. And it was, there's so many other movies exactly like this. You know, the, the dad grows up, forgets how to be a kid, forgets how to have fun. He, his wife and kids feel abandoned because he's a workaholic trying to put money, you know, in the house and food on the table. Yeah. Doesn't enjoy the you know, the afternoons in the park yeah. anymore and doesn't smile, doesn't laugh. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. It's just that they, they go really, I mean, that's, that's really the only kind of theme in the whole movie is there there is no conflict in this movie other no. than you and learning to be with his family again yeah and even that i felt was kind of i don't know like it just went through the motions it there was never that moment where oh now you knows or understands how to have fun and what he's been missing with his daughter it just it actually all just kind of happened like everybody just kind of fell into place right because at one point he's he, you know, even after he's gone back to Hundred Acre Wood, 
he still comes out of there and just leaves his family again. So he still hasn't learned his lessons even after hanging out with Pooh. It's only after his daughter tries to come back and deliver all those papers to him and they think she's missing that he finally realizes that. So it wasn't like this big, aha, Pooh kind of taught me how to live my life again. It was, it just kind of was. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. It's it's basically, and I have this later, it's basically the same plot as Hook. Yeah. But no conflict. Right. And so... There's no bad guy. There's, there's no there, There's no bad guy. There's, there's no hook. There's no reason for him to be doing this other than his wife is virtually going to leave him. Right. Uh, essentially where, where they're at. And he has to, I guess, save his family that way. But it's not like he's on a mission to do that. It just happens, like you said. Yeah. So one question I had that I think they maybe explained, and I'll be honest, like my attention span in this movie was wavering from even the beginning was... Christopher Robin gets to the Hundred Acre Wood through a door in a tree that's at his, like, family's vacation cottage. Right. But at one point in the movie, Pooh goes through the door the other way and comes out at a tree door by Christopher Robin's current house. Right. Do they explain that? Yeah. He said something like, you're not supposed to... And maybe this is the explanation, but he said, Christopher Robin says something to the effect of, you know, well, I thought that door was like in Sussex or wherever. And Pooh said, well, I went through it and I guess it goes like wherever you are kind of thing. It goes wherever, you, I guess it goes wherever you need to be. Okay. Or something like that. Okay. And so that's, that's how it appeared in London. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess they did kind of explain it. I just thought it was a little odd, but. Well, it's an. It's his imaginary bear. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, is that but the... it's not just his... So that's the other thing. He's not just make-believe because when he gets into the real world, Pooh, that is, other people can see him. They see the animals move. They see the animals talk. So it's not... But in the original story, is he just his imagination and his... Yeah, I think that's what it is because, you know, the old cartoon starts out with live action with the bears... The, the Winnie the Pooh sitting on a bed and he's just a stuffed animal. And then when they go to the Hundred Acre Wood, the animals are all real. And yes, you're led to believe that it's his imaginary friend and stuff. But this movie takes it to another level where, no, no, they're actually real. Like when Pooh comes back, he can touch things in the real world. He's still, and it's not just Christopher Robin envisioning People this. People can hear him. And, yeah, yeah. The, the animals talk in a taxi and the taxi driver freaks out. So <laughs> it, it's no longer imaginary friends. that They transcended reality or whatever and came over and are now because real. Because he needed them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, again, it's, it felt really disjointed. And again, it, it comes from the plot of the movie of Christopher Robin himself was along for the ride, but there really wasn't a ride. He was just trying to finish his work project. Yeah. I mean, that, that's... Up until the very end. Right. Like, literally up until the very end of the movie. And it's only after he presents his solution and saves the company or whatever that he then decides, oh, now I need to take a break. Right. So, like, he never learns his lesson no. until the very, very end. That's what I mean by, like, everybody just kind of fell into it. It wasn't like he went into the office and was like, forget it, I quit. All, all that basically happened was he saved the company and then got people paid vacation so that they can enjoy life. But that's at the very end. By doing his week-long project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so he didn't change anything. Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah, so that's where I was kind of feel like when I said that it, everybody, it, the the pieces of the puzzle just kind of fall into place. It'd be like taking a puzzle and throwing it up on the table and they all just randomly like configure themselves. There was no effort or journey to try and assemble the piece of the puzzle for you. But it's a Disney live action movie. And I think some of that simplicity is trying to gear towards kids because, I mean, how many kids really want to sit there and watch a movie about 
you know, a dad that doesn't spend time with their kids and stuff. Well, well, no one does. And then, so you hope that they would lean on the stuffed animals more and his interactions there. And they didn't really, the only interactions that he has are more talking about, you know, his, his problems and, and, Kid, and that's why I'm saying, I'm like, kids aren't going to like this. Right. Well, and I thought they were going to skew more towards, once the wife and daughter went up to the cottage, I thought the daughter was going to spend most of the time in the hundred acre wood. And so you, the kids would get, the kids in the audience would get to see the one kid in the movie interacting with the animals. And then somehow the animals would help her teach her dad how to live life again. But no, I mean, so he just went back. Yeah, you either get a workaholic dad or you get a workaholic dad playing with stuffed animals. None of which really sounds overly appealing to kids. I don't think. Yeah. My daughter said she liked it, but I think it it wasn't like, Oh, that was great. I think it was just like, Oh, I liked going and seeing the movie with dad. And I mean, it was Winnie the Pooh stuff. So, okay. So she says she likes almost every movie. So by by (laughs) default, like it's not really saying much. Not a good bar. You see, I went, with uh, my wife and my mother-in-law, and they both say they like just about everything. Yeah. And so uh, the bar, oh, yeah, we liked it, means yeah, means it was a movie that we watched. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no reason <laughs> to hate the movie. No, no. It's just very generic. Everything about it is generic. In, in terms of the Disney live-action movies, uh, off the top of my head, it's either at or near the bottom in terms of all the movies that have come out in the last five years that are live-action remakes. So the the best thing that you get out of this movie are the stuffed animals, which I think is to be expected. Yeah. And really the, the quips from Pooh and Eeyore especially, that's what made the movie. Yeah. And it's usually when Eeyore was off camera. And so <laughs> yeah. so I don't even know if they just added these later, you know, but it's like, like he's making a little side thing, side note to himself. Yeah. That, that those were the funniest parts of the movie. And I was like, ah, oh, Eeyore. You know, <laughs> right. and, and so, so, and I, I was actually very disappointed in Tigger. Because he was usually my oh yeah he's everybody's one, favorite one of my favorites and and they, they they did not get they did not do him justice no they they tried in bits and pieces but they honestly don't give any of the characters the animals very much screen time other than Pooh Pooh really dominated the screen time and the lines and everything but I, I did like the part where Tigger started to sing the song and Eeyore's like oh no here we go again <laughs> that was actually a little bit funny and I thought the CGI on the animals was really well done they they looked like stuffed animals come to life and i actually was less bothered by Pooh during the movie than i was in the trailer yeah i i got over because he we both mentioned that he didn't look like Pooh, and he had a kind of really small weird face yeah um but i, I agree i got i got over it yeah. pretty quickly i became obsessed with watching whenever they would show Pooh close his eyes though because <laughs> then because <laughs> you know there's no eyelids right i mean they kind of give him squinty stuff but then sometimes they just cut to him and his eyes are shut and there's just nothing there there's no button eye no or whatever, marble eye whatever it is but i was like oh that's kind of weird <laughs> So in terms of the acting, I kind of alluded to this when we first started talking. I've always felt like I liked Ewan McGregor a lot. And I think that stems from some of his early movies in like the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, I, I even defended the guy in the Star Wars prequels saying that he, there's just nothing you could do with that kind of script. I feel like you hang on to Moulin Rouge. and He's very good at Moulin Rouge. And I feel like that's the one that you just keep your... Yeah, coming back to and then you excuse the rest of them because of <laughs> well there's I think there's other movies I should have gone through his filmography through this but I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, I I'm just going to go with my gut feel after watching this movie that I have now started to question myself right because I Ewan hasn't been in a lot of movies over the last five or seven years I know he's made kind of a resurgence in Fargo the TV show but I don't watch that but 
yeah, it's one of those where I saw this. I'm like, ooh, okay, I know it's a kid's movie. So, I'm, you know, Disney, all that stuff. So, Ewan's not necessarily going to be, you know, the acting dial's not going to be turned way up. But I didn't really like him in this movie. I didn't hate him, but I didn't like him. But it actually made me walk out of the theater and rethink my position on Ewan McGregor, where I was like, maybe he's never been all that good. And I just, you know, caught on to a few roles because that happens with actors, right? You see him in a first few movies you're like oh yeah yeah i really like this guy and you'll forgive like a string of mediocre movies so yeah now i'm questioning my you my you stance because it's always been you know the obi-wan kenobi movie of you hear the name ewan mcgregor and you think a-list actor right and it's he, i don't feel like he is and yeah he's perfect for moulin rouge he's jumping around acting like a cheese ball and singing you know he's <laughs> yeah. very very good in that but i can't think of another one and people say train spotting and and i'm like I, he's good in that it's, it's, it's just a different like, movie like, okay you know yeah. it didn't wow me to a point to where i'm gonna you know fight for this guy for every script that i that i come up with but yeah it's more of a he, he's a name, but I, I just don't think he delivers on the star power of his name. Yeah. Like, I think he brings in people just because it's Ewan McGregor, but I don't know why. Well, so he really kind of got his one. So after Star Wars, he had his one shot at, like, being a leading man in a big blockbuster movie. And it was The Island, that big Michael Bay movie with him and Scarlett Johansson. It's one of her first roles. Right. And that was not a good movie. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked on the side about other guys, like, uh, who we talked about lately? Gerard Butler. Yeah, their their one has three hundred. Yeah, but who was the other guy? Do you remember who we just talked about, like in the last day or two? Because I even said, "Oh yeah, he's like Gerard Butler," and that you get, you know, a couple of movies to land, and if you don't get that, you go right off the deep end. I know another guy I think of like that. This isn't who we were talking about though. Was Aaron Eckhart? He kind of got between Harvey Dent and a few other roles. He got a chance to be a leading guy, and if those two or three opportunities you get to be a leading guy don't pan out in big box office numbers you you're done you quickly get remediated to bit roles and b movies very quickly yeah clive owens was was the other one that's right he had king arthur and, and started getting closer with uh yeah Natalie portman children of men sin city but what i mean some sin of the, city was more on his decline yeah so you get a few opportunities to to peak and lead those big movies and if you don't crush it you kind of get relegated back and it's hard to get those second chances again yeah and then what you and had big fish also yeah yeah is, that was a tim burton movie it was good but but not anything that solidifies you as like an a-list actor where you're going to get suggested for every other role that comes up right yeah and then everybody else in that movie is really generic Haley atwell i could have been anybody right they didn't give her a lot to work with no she was very minimal in this movie. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about Christopher Robin. I think we've we've milked that one about as best as we can do it. <laughs> yeah, we can we can jump down to our questions. All right. So you can go first. So what'd you get? I give it a two and a half. So I just on the bad side of average, mainly because it was boring. It's not bad. It's not constructed bad. It's not told bad. It just it didn't have any heart or charm. I felt like it relied on the fact that everybody was familiar with Pooh and that was what was going to get butts in the seat and just let that branding carry the whole movie. But outside of that, it's just plain. It's like eating a piece of white bread or, you know, eating vanilla pudding. Like, what's the point? You know, like not wheat bread. No, I just picture white bread because white wheat bread to me has a taste. White bread has no taste. 
Honestly, wheat bread seems to be more more, more plain. <laughs> White bread, you're stepping up and <laughs> <laughs> well, without slicing, no pun intended, the different varieties of bread. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just very plain and basic, and never builds to any kind of heartwarming moment. It just goes through the motions. So, what was your favorite moment, though? Mine was uh, there's a scene where Ewan's on a train with Pooh, and Pooh's looking out the window, and he just starts saying things that he sees, He's like tree bus and, and, so, and Ewan's like what are you doing because Ewan's trying to work he's like oh I'm just playing a game where I say things that are you know that pass by no say things that I see yeah it? say things it, that it, I see it was just that simple yeah and then Ewan tells him to do it quieter so Pooh starts whispering but he's still saying things as they pass by and then that was the only funny moment for me really later is that when Christopher Robin's really thinking about what's going on in his life he's riding the train back to that meeting and he starts doing it saying things out the window it's so silly but I, that was actually the one time I got a good laugh and so what would you change? Yeah, I, I kind of touched on it. Less formulaic. Give it a big heartwarming moment that like builds to this big you know, kind of crescendo in a movie. And then, oh, yeah, now we're all happy. And it, you, you don't get any of that. So I would put one of those in there. So a theater or a couch? Yeah, we'll run through these fast. I think everybody can tell where we're at on this. <laughs> couch, <laughs> wait for it to be free. It, it's a popcorn movie. Nowhere near an art house movie. And then... And if you liked what, what I, would you like? I would have given it a Razzie. You'd have given it a Razzie? Yeah. yeah. It's really on the line because it's just so average. But if I'm if I'm forced to, I would not die on the hill of giving this movie an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and But if you liked this movie, what would you give? You mentioned this earlier, and I think you mentioned it in your review, but it, it's, it's spot on. It's Hook. It's Hook is better. Hook is more fun. But it tackles the same themes. The dad who used to be fun and playful now is a workaholic, uh, goes back to this world that he used to be a part of to try and learn how to be what he used to be. I mean, it, it is it is Hook, like you said, minus a villain. Which is the main point of Hook. Right. You have to have a <laughs> conflict, and this movie had no conflict. Right. So, All right, so what did you rate it and why? So I gave this a, a three. Uh, and like you said, it's not a bad movie. And... Like I said, everything looked like it was supposed to look like the, so that it gets, gets credit for that. Because a lot of movies don't do that. Uh, I laughed. I laughed uh, at, at a few times. Again, it was Pooh and Eeyore and, and I was very entertained by their, their quips. And so it, it was enough to move me slightly above average on this type of movie. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of kid live action movies that are really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And so this was above a lot of those. Sure. All right. So you have a favorite moment? Uh, just anything with Eeyore. I mean, <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't very many that, that he was in, but just him, first time we seen him floating down the, down the river. And then he, he's just, just normal Eeyore. Just made me laugh of, you know, it's just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, of course I'm floating down the river type, right. type of thing. You know? And so I just, He's uh he made the movie, I think. Uh one thing you would change. I would give it more of an adventure. Um there was no adventure for Christopher Robin and, and Pooh and all them to go on. Uh, whether it's the Huffalump or, or something to have them do something. It was just like you said, it was boring. So you wanted to add some sort of element. I know there's not a real evil creature in in Pooh world, but yeah. um be be more creative with that. Yeah, I mean, there's really only four settings in the whole movie, 
and anything else that takes place is either in those four settings or in a transition between those. It's Hundred Acre Wood, the cottage up in Sussex, his home in London, and the work, the office. And anything that happens is just either at those places or in transition. And and you brought up work, and this is something I, I forgot to mention. Did you notice that all his coworkers were modeled after the stuffed animals? No, I don't think I caught that. So the one that stood out, which made me start looking for it, was the guy who was like Eeyore. Uh, he was the old guy with glasses that, that yeah. it was like he was imitating Eeyore in okay. his voice. And then you start to look around, and then they have the, the younger black guy who he was supposed to be Tigger. Okay. Because at the end he was jumping all around, and he was more energetic like that. And then they had Rabbit in there, and they had the guy with the they had owl. And, and so I was trying to couldn't figure out who who Pooh was but i think that there was more that they cut out okay uh, of the movie to try to make them more like the stuffed animals uh, of his his friends but i think th- i think there's some missing scenes there with the people at work that they didn't really tie it together very well yeah but i think that's what they were going for i could see that that you could argue that you know as he got older he surrounded himself with people that reminded him of his imaginary friends growing up, but that would be a hard, in a workplace setting, that's hard to kind of come up with, right? You just happened to work at a workplace that... Well, he was the boss, so maybe he hired him. True, that's true. And But really the beach scene at the end, uh, you can kind of see their personalities more. Yeah. And so again, I think there was probably something earlier on that they just cut out. Probably. Uh, it didn't need it. Uh, I felt like that's what they were trying to do there, but... Gotcha. Unnecessary, but I, I, I wanted to know. I wanted to see if you noticed that at no, all. No, I don't. I don't think I caught that. I shut my brain off pretty early <laughs> in this one. And really, anything in the office was horrendous. And because yeah. his his boss in the opening scene, uh, he knocks over the suitcase or whatever, and my wife groaned. She's like, "Is this going to be like a slapstick, stupid movie?" Yeah. And fortunately, it was only that only that guy right who was acting that way. He was a really bad actor, and I don't know. I think they just made it an attempt to make him over the top, foppish, unlikable, kind of you know, and, what I mean? like, and clumsy. You know, yeah. Like I think everything? yeah. I think they just wanted to make it clear that this guy was dumb. It felt like he was the tone of him was very not in this movie, right? And so the, he stood out. Yeah, quite he did. A bit. I agree. But uh, no, yeah. This I'm gonna run through it like you did this is a couch movie i would not pay for it it's a popcorn movie and i i said razzy only because i wouldn't give it an oscar yeah. i don't know what you i mean for lack of plot i mean you don't give razzies for that no but uh, the boss i'll give his boss a razzie for <laughs> sure. his acting sure i kind of cheated on the last one because i'm saying if you like this movie mm-hmm. you would like hook right and so that i, I want to flip it because, okay because hook Hook is the idea of this, but like like you said, but better. Right. You have action. There's always something going on. It's the kids would love it. It's at least more entertaining. I mean, it's better fun. better is very subjective because I haven't seen Hook and I don't know how long. But just from memory, there's like you said, there's at least more going on in Hook, and especially more going on that kids can get behind. Yeah, and you have you know Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams. Yeah. you know it's a, it's a Great cast and just just a good movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen Hook, go see Hook. <laughs> right. You know, that, that's my recommendation from this. Right. You know, Especially for Rufio. For Rufio <laughs> makes the movie. I mean, any movie with Rufio. So if you're thinking about renting or watching Christopher Robin, watch Hook instead. You'll enjoy it. Right. Thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, unfortunately, I feel like, uh, you know, when we get a chance to do kids' movies on this podcast, which is probably going to be pretty rare. 
I wish we could have gotten a better one, but you know, it was at least worth talking about, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. As usual, check us out on Facebook or go to twoviewsmovies.com to check out past episodes. You can give us an email at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com if you would like. But definitely go out and rate us on the podcast stores and leave us a review if you could. That'd be great. We'll catch you next time.